Hey guys, I hope you're loving the Making Bank episodes. Please make sure you guys like and share these episodes as well as comment below for the guests. They love to come back and interact with you. And I really appreciate you watching and listening to Making Bank. So thank you. You are, you are listening to Making Bank, where we uncover the mindset and success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business. business. Welcome to Making Bank. I am Josh Felber, where we uncover the mindset and the success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business today. Super excited for today's guest, Clint Arthur, John Lee Dumas, Dean Graciosi, Jeffrey Hazlett, Anthony Trucks, Alex Sharfin, Elon Ferdman. You know, what are some of the successful people that you've modeled yourself after to really give you that guidance? My, my top mentors include Dan Kennedy, who yep. always is talking about his big money positioning statement. I mean, every time he talks, he uses a big money positioning statement and allies himself and says, I spoke in arenas with Colin Powell, Donald Trump, George right. Bush during the success seminar tours. Then there's Brendan Burchard. He's constantly hustling his celebrity. You get an email from Brendan Burchard. It always says one of the world's <laughs> top motivational speakers and trainers, Larry King, right? Yep. He's using celebrity oh, yeah. endorsement. He's using his New York Times bestseller status. You have to use these tricks to position yourself so that you get the big money. And then there's another one of my mentors who was uh, mentioned also in my article in Forbes magazine recently, James Malinchak. And he really showed me the light about how important it is to position yourself as a celebrity. His entire marketing of his career is all about celebrity positioning. Awesome. And so what do you do exactly then specifically to help you know, the people that come to you to become that celebrity, to help position themselves? All right, let me give you three quick tips. Sure. Number one, the easiest place to book yourself on TV is in your own hometown. Okay. If you're local in a hometown, they kind of have an obligation to put you on the show one time. If you suck, you'll never go back on. But if you're good, you can get back on a lot. That's why I say tip number two, the last place you want to go on TV is in your own hometown. Because okay. if you suck, you never get on again. <laughs> right. It's in your hometown. That's where you want to be a local celebrity. So go on there after you've done 10, 20. I've had students who I kept off their own local hometown shows for as many as 36 TV appearances before I gave the okay and said, okay, you can go ahead and go on in your own hometown. And then okay. uh, the third thing is, is that going on a TV show in a small city, like go on Southwest Airlines and see where you can fly for under a hundred bucks that's far away and get on a plane and target those cities before you get on the plane, of course, but target cities in the markets where you can fly inexpensively and then create a little media tour and start booking yourself on small TV shows in little cities all around the country so that you can get experience and sure. learn how to be good on TV before you start going on in places that are easy for you to get to. Awesome. So don't ruin your local hometown market. Yeah. Book, book where Southwest flies and go to those and start there. Yeah. Awesome. That's some good insight. What was like a big fear for you as you were moving forward in your successes? And then what did you use to push through and overcome that? 
I am an introvert by nature. I okay. am, honestly, I really have to push myself every single time. I believe that courage is feeling the fear and doing it anyway. And I do that almost every day, forcing myself. And one of the interesting things is that I really believe that media forces you to become a better person, whether you have a fear of public speaking or if, even if you're sick. Like today, I'm really not feeling that well. I was laying in bed when you called to do this interview, <laughs> honestly, and because I was hoping to do it in just from bed. Right. But media, and, and uh, when I was on NBC New York, I had food poisoning. Oh, wow. And I had to rally and totally transform. And in my members area, I have a behind-the-scenes video of me on NBC New York and sure. at the Rockefeller Center. You would never know I had food poisoning because <laughs> going on TV and going in the media forces you to be a better person. And it forces you to go out of your comfort zone and stretch and grow as a person. It's a public, it, it's a personal transformation experience to right. go into the media. And it's, it's really one of the best experiences that anybody can have if you want to grow and evolve and become more and do more and have more as a person. What's the best advice you ever received? The best advice I ever received was from Tony Robbins. And that was, if you're afraid, you must. And I have used that. I use that almost every day, and I really believe in it. And uh, it's definitely the best advice I've ever received. If you're afraid, you must. Whenever you're afraid, it's your own internal thermostat trying to hold you down and keep you back. Just go for it. When you're afraid, just do it. You know, what are some of the biggest things you're looking to make an impact with? I think for me, it's uh, it's really the looking back at the the person I was that shifted when I was 15. I think for, for me, I find that a lot of people that I consult and work with in the entrepreneurial space, whether it's them just starting out or are currently in something, uh, it's, it's really trying to give them clarity. Like trust your hustle is, is a phrase that really, it resonates with the entrepreneur because you know what it means to hustle. Oh yeah. And you know what it means like the trust. Like there's those days you're like, God, I don't know if I can do this. Like there's those, those dark moments in your brain. Like, is this for me? Should I get a safe job? You know, and it's like, or should I even right. venture out and chase this? And so for me, it's like that trust of your hustle. You can't have anything of, of great worth like or you know, worth to your life without hustling. Like it's not going to happen. No one's going to come up and say, here, Josh, here's a, a brand new car and a brand new business. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. so it's this thing where it's like you got to hustle. But hustle doesn't simply mean spinning your wheels. It means being smart about how you hustle. It means being smart about what you're hustling with. And so that that's going to be the intangible tools that you have. So it's for me, the impact I want to have is not give everybody more tools and techniques. Here's how to podcast. Here's how to do Facebook marketing. But it's like, here's how to be the person so that when you want to market something, you want to film a video and put it on Facebook, right. the video's done well because you're safe in terms of who you are, like you're sound in terms of who you are also. So the video comes across smooth because you're confident. And then when you put a video out, it's going to be recepted well, received well, sure. and it can push out. So it's like those little things that people don't comprehend. So the impact I want to have is teach you how to be the best you behind the scenes as a person. How do you drop your ego? How do you communicate? Um, how do you set boundaries? For, that's a big thing. People don't set boundaries, not only boundaries for bad things coming in, but boundaries in terms of what you will and won't accept or for, sure. for right. boundaries you know, for time management. Like all these things that like are really small, unique things that people don't comprehend are setting them apart from the greatness that you really could have. And so trust your hustle as much as a statement. It's also like a process. I've created a process called C, Sacrifice, Sustain. And the C portion is a lot. Like, that's really be able to see yourself. Like, uh, you ever seen Avatar? 
Oh yeah, yeah. Like the like I see you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> people, people do not see themselves. So that's like the egoic wall, which I call everyone's greatest obstacle. It's like this wall that says, um, "I'm good. I'm gonna work on that. Like I'm fine. Like I'm I'm a guy. I'm a man. I'm strong." Like yeah, right. It's these, like these alpha places put you into a role where you are hurting yourself from seeing. And if you can't see something, you can't fix it. You cannot fix what you don't focus on. Right. And so that's kind of where my impact is 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 like basically shifting and saying, how can I help you see the areas you need to work on? There's a lot of areas behind the scenes. Is, um, like the course I'm creating called Renew University, uh, it's developed through 12 weeks of very, very fine-tuned structured work that I've like spent months researching and like countless sleepless nights just developing behind the scenes so I can have these areas that people can see they need to work on. And then once you see it's sacrifice. Uh, sacrifice is it's, it's basically, it's, it's looking at the things that are uncomfortable. I think sacrifice really is uncomfort, really, if you think about it. Right. People say, oh, it's just, you know, sacrifice. It's not always a bad thing. Like, we're not sacrificing goats for, you know, <laughs> a boot or whatever. <laughs> sacrifice is like uncomfort. And so what some people need to do is sacrifice their minimal work ethic. Some people need to sacrifice their ego. They need to sacrifice their comfort zone. That's a big one is sacrifice your comfort zone. And so it's essentially saying what actual, now that you see, what actual work will you do? Where will you sacrifice your comfort to get these things done? And then sustain is, sustainability for me in terms of like the, uh, the entrepreneur base, it's a lot of people want a quick fix. What can I do now? Fix this thing and go. But I don't like working with people who are looking for a quick fix. I want people who are like, this is what I do. I am an entrepreneur. This is my right, business. Right. This is my life. And those people, I want to give them sustainability for their life, for their lifestyle, for their kids, for their family. Like, I think for me, if I was to come in and say there's a quick fix and move on, then I'm hurting them. So sustainability is who's your community? Who do you keep around you? How do you get them around you? How do you cut off bad people, put new people in? Um, what practices do you operate with every single day? You know, where's your moral base, your ethic base? Where's your, your time management base? Like, how is your life design? And so how do you not only get yourself to this place now, but how do you sustain that for the rest of your life and then go towards bigger levels? I think it becomes habitual. Like, how do you become habitually a great person? Yeah, and, you know, and, and that's powerful right there is... You know, I don't, so many people don't really even look to that point. Yeah. You know, they, they're just, you know, like, okay, I'm right here, but you know, how can I set myself up start setting myself up for success, creating those habits, creating those, you know, opportunities in my life. And, you know, I think that, and that's, you know, really amazing with what you're creating and, you know, trying to give back and teach people is, you know, finding those different pieces of, you know, how they can start to position themselves to grow their business, grow their life, yeah. and also maintain and sustain, you know, as well. Because not just get there quick <laughs> oh, and then not. fall. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we want to keep it going and keep it going. So. The entire time, if you can. And, dude, I saw your thing, Trust Your Hustle. I'm like, dang, he took my tagline. <laughs> no, I'm yeah, sorry about no, so that. So it's definitely a good one for sure. <laughs> Well, tell me a little bit about, you know, how you got started as an entrepreneur. You know, were you one of the kids that was just going out selling lemonade stands and newspapers door to door? Or did you start Absolutely, later in life? Yeah. In yeah. fact, the first job I really remember was selling True Grit door to door. You won't even know what that was, but it was like sold for like 25 cents for a subscription or something. Nice. And it was a magazine for young boys, basically. Okay. And, I, and, and Boys Life. I sold Boys Life, too. Okay. And so I did that. And then, you know, and then I, and by the way, 
And then I did all the contests like for Little League. We used to sell barbecue dinners. I grew up in Warner Robins, Georgia. Okay. And you sold barbecue dinners. That was the big fundraiser. And whoever sold the most won a baseball bat. And I used to win the first prize, the second prize, and the third prize. So it got oh, to be, geez. you know, after a couple of years, the, the, the coaches used to come to me and say, Jeff, what do you want? And we'll just set that aside and let the other kids win the other prizes. That's because funny. I would go and sell everything. I used to sell these barbecue dinners door to door. I mean, <laughs> And, uh, well, who doesn't great. want a barbecue dinner? <laughs> exactly. Well, that's a big thing down south, so that was awesome to be able to sell it. And then, of course, you know, I, you know, I take my little brother with me, and and we just literally hit door to door, and that's what we did. Yeah. And then, you know, I did a lot of, uh, you know, small jobs when I was a kid, and you know, lawn cutting business, you know, normal sure. kind of stuff. And yeah. I, I've just always been very involved in business and like to make money. No, that's awesome. What um, what was the best pi- best piece of advice you've ever received? Well, I think the biggest thing is is to truly sit down and listen. Yep. You know, that's I find great leaders listen. And they, they, they hear things that most other people don't hear and, and they're very pinpointed when they hear it and they can just focus in on it. And then it becomes focus, you know, in terms of being able to focus. But the best piece of advice was just listen, you know, shut up. You don't have all the answers. Shut up. And I'm I've had a couple of people who've told me that in meetings, shut up. <laughs> Like, you know, because I get excited, you sure. know, and I'm not just because I have like eight, es- eight espressos a day, I get excited because I am excited and I like that and I love the thrill of doing whatever it is. Right. And, you know, and if I, you know, if you told me today, hey, there's a contest, you want to go, you know, make some money selling barbecue door to door, I'd do that again. I'd do it again because I love doing it. I love doing it. You know, let's, you know, maybe grab three pieces of the you know, best success strategies that you've come across since you're interviewing all these different CEOs and everything that, you know, the entrepreneurial folks that listen to Making Bank, you know, could take and utilize. Look, there's no real secrets to this business, right? <laughs> so in any business, whether you're on Main Street, you know, in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, or you're on Wall Street, it's the same thing. Sure. So what do you want to do? You want to hire right. So spend a lot of time hiring the right people. Right. Surrounding yourself with the very best and people who are better at it than you are. Second is find the things that you do right and the things that you don't do right and get somebody else to do the things you don't do right. From my, from my business, I have an, a guy who is the exact opposite of me, okay? Sure. I'm the good looking one, he's not the sort of, <laughs> I'm the smart one, he, he, he is the detail guy, I'm not a detail guy, can't right. stand it, don't like it, he's the yin to my yang. And, awesome. and then And then the third time, the third thing is when you know it's not right, act on it, now, yeah. move, quick. You know what's not right in your gut. Don't wait around for all the statistics to show you that. You know if someone's not working out. You know, tell them you love them, but you're going to miss them. Sure. Okay? And and, yeah. and make those things happen. Those those are real simple. Those are three quick ones for you. No, those are awesome. You know, is you know, you know, hiring right. Yep. You know, finding the strengths as well as in hiring the right people to pick up your weaknesses. Yep. Exactly. So the balances, you got to have the balance. Definitely. If you don't have the balance as an entrepreneur, you'll override because I'm a very powerful kind of guy. I know that. Right. I mean, I'm six foot three, 200 and some pounds, <laughs> just just size alone. And then not, you take that with the personality and everything else. I, as you can see, I'm yes. in your face, you know. And so, you know, you need somebody to balance that and say, well, what Jeff really meant. <laughs> yeah, is this? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. He's not towering over you. Yeah. Well, I'm still going to do that. Well, yeah. Yeah, people <laughs> complain, right? And it's cold in the office. Work harder. That's what I said. <laughs> That's <Work>. yeah. <laughs> and then act on it if it's not right, man. Oof. So, yeah. Do it. Yeah. Cut, and cut loose. And by the way, and you'll make some it. mistakes, but no one's going to die. Move on. That's right. Yeah. Awesome, man. Actually, one of the key points of what you just said was, you know, I am. 
And I think that's so powerful. And that's one of the things we've been teaching my kids is, you know, every, you know, multiple times throughout the day, every day, I, you know, I ask them, I say, you know, like my daughter Mia, you know, who are you? And she's like, I am. And they have different things they say after that to anchor that into them and, you know, to perform at that level of, you know, wherever they are. And, you know, I think we, we lose part of that or, you know, we don't, a lot of people in society don't utilize no, basic, I like what you said. Basic things. I like what you said. You know what, Josh? I think you're really paying attention to your intuition and your awareness when you say we lose some of that because <clears throat> when we're around children and we say, hey, say I am, they will insert anything yeah. as long as they believe it. Yep. And you will watch their faces because they'll say it with a level of enthusiasm where you know it's true. Right. And the fact is that, that over time, as, especially as children in the world we grew up in, we were told sit, stop, shut up, don't talk, sit still, quit being a behavioral disorder, don't be smart, don't talk so much, over and over again. Sure. And so we literally lose the part of our personality that finds wonder in the world. You know, it's crazy. I listened to Shaq this week, and I'll tell you, he did a 30-minute keynote, which was not good. (coughs) It sucked. It really did. I hope he sees this video because he should stop doing it. It's totally terrible. Um, some speechwriter wrote it, and it's uh, like okay, the, sure. the acronym for Shaquille O'Neal or some crap. And I didn't even – I mean it's like it was so disingenuous. Dis, it, it was so so like – I didn't feel like I was hearing him. You know, Josh, I don't like basketball. I don't mm. like sports. I like F1 and UFC. But I don't, <laughs> I don't like watching basketball. You know, There's yeah. too much going on, and I don't understand the rules, and I didn't, didn't play it when I was a kid. But I went to a, a game once when he was on the, um, I think it was Miami Heat, and, and I watched that game. Sure. When he was on the court, like you couldn't not watch the game. Right. That was not in his keynote. That was not in his keynote. That sucks because it should be in his keynote. Because then he sat down and he talked to Robin, and dude, there was some wisdom in what he shared. And this was the best part of what he said. Like for everybody who's listening who has our personality type, um, it goes right back to what you just said about we lose it. He said, you know, Robin said, what's the one thing you would tell people to be successful? And, and Shaq said, whenever somebody's told me, hey, we should do this thing and make money. Like, right. hey, we should, we should go into this business partnership. He said, you know, like my friend will come up to me and say, hey, look at these jeans. We can buy them for $2 and sell them for $8. <laughs> and, and Shaq says, well, I look at Carlos in the jeans and his ass looks good in the jeans. So let's do this thing and sell jeans. And that never works. He said, uh, every time that I've had a, like a dream, it works. I was watching MTV one day. I was playing basketball. There was a friend of mine who was rapping, and I said, I want to do that. I made a lot of money being a rapper. Yeah. Then I was at, my, at the movies, and I saw the movies. And I said, hey, maybe I can be in a movie. I made a lot of money in the movies. It's like then I had dreams like, hey, can I start this type of business? Can I do this? Can I do that? And, and, and they all worked. So if you want to move forward, make sure it's your dream because you're going to do it anyway. For sure. And, dude, here's a guy who had everything yep. handed to him. And the wisdom he shares with the world is do it because you want to. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And that's, you know, and that's, it's so important because a lot of times in today's society, I mean, we become so reactive to yeah. everything yeah. instead of being proactive. Hey, this is what I want to do. I'm going to go do it. And I'm not yeah. paralyzed by fear and put myself right there where I'm not taking that action to move myself forward. You know what I heard in it too, Josh, is this, is like how many entrepreneurs, because of who we are, have, have had our career driven in some part by what we're running away from, 
right? Right. It's, it's like I started a business because I wanted to be independent, but that's also saying because I didn't want to be controlled, right? I started a business because I wanted to do my own thing. That's also saying I didn't want to do somebody else's thing, right? We're running away from something. Sure. But there's this point in our careers where we gain the stability or the wisdom or the knowledge or, or, or maybe just the awareness level where we can say, hey, I don't need to run from anymore. Where do I actually want to go? Right. And it is That's the powerful. most, but it's the most precarious <laughs> and scary and, and over leveraged and, and vulnerable feeling you can have. Yeah. But it's also, that is self-actualization for an entrepreneur is when you start deciding where to go. Because our lives aren't about any destination. It's about making the vision so great you chase it forever. Right. I, I totally agree. And that's, you know, it's, it's not like, hey, let's set that five-year plan and then we're done. It's, you know, hey, here's how I want from a life standpoint. What's the change you want to make and right. then you do it 90 days at a time? Yep. Let me just tell you one of the biggest lessons, uh, you know, sure. and this is kind of what changed the mindset along the business, every business, anything you start, whether it's business or anything you want to master, you're going to hit hurdles. Yep. What I learned, I remember at one point we got $10,000 just stolen from us. Uh, we were promised X, obviously didn't deliver. Right. And I'm standing there with a guy who's been in the industry for a long, long time, just bitching and complaining about this $10,000, how I'm gonna, <laughs> when I see this guy, I'm gonna rip out his this and this. And he's just standing there listening to me the whole time and he goes, yeah. why would you spend so much time and energy focusing on that? Just go and make five times that and forget about that 10K. And I remember it was the first time I sat back and went, sure. wow. It was so simple, like internally right. I knew it. But when I heard it, something snapped and what I realized was along the way, we're all gonna have troubles. We're all gonna have things that, that knock us down. Yeah. But I totally believe that that $10,000 that I got to spend you know, in our two year mark, let's say, right. is probably gonna save me a million dollars five years from now. For, yeah. Because that was an, a very important lesson for me to learn. So all of these lessons become more difficult and more expensive the longer you do this. Right. Your ability to handle them though just completely transforms. And that's why I look at everything that happened as just a gift that's helped us be where we are today. No, and that's awesome. And you're right. So many times as entrepreneurs, you know, we get stuck and it, you know, you're like, man, and you're so frustrated with that negative yeah. you know, action or whatever it may have happened. And then you don't have yourself open to those bigger opportunities that are coming down the pipe. Correct. Um, and so that's really great that you were in that position with that guy right there. And he's like, yeah. dude, switch it off. <laughs> that's it. Move that's on. Like surrounding yourself with people who have done it, who have been around longer, who are on the path that you sure. want to see yourself on, but just a little farther ahead makes all the difference. No, that's definitely, and that's you know, another true point is surrounding yourself for sure, you know, with the right people. What's the best advice you ever received? Wow, best advice I ever received. Um, I'll keep it really simple. Uh, one of my mentors always said to me, he goes, the only difference between successful people and not successful people are successful people can stand in no result longer than anyone else. That's and awesome. um, I, I didn't understand it at the time, sure. but now I absolutely do. <laughs> uh, this is a journey. This is yep. a, a climb up Mount Everest, if you will. 
And it's simple in its process, which is, you know, just put one foot in front of the other. Sure. But it's very intricate in its complexity. And you're going to have to learn a few things. You're going to slide down a bunch of times. Yep. Um, and at times, it's going to feel like you're doing all this work, but there's no result. Just like a farmer, you know, you plant a seed, you're not going out there the next day and, and looking yeah. out and going, oh, it didn't work. And you dig out the seed, that just <laughs> kills what you did. So you just have to know that it takes time and effort. And if you just keep focusing on the vision and the mission, um, it, it's unstoppable. I've seen people do unbelievable things. Cool, man. That's awesome. It's, you know, it's, it's interesting. You know, everybody has kind of a different perspective on what their best advice was and it's really awesome that you know to hear that uh you know different spin on what you know what that take is so really cool you know a lot of people look at the facebook's and the ubers and they think it's an overnight success or you know john lee dumas and entrepreneur on fire podcast it's an overnight success but they don't realize the hard work and the grind and the hustle and everything that you've put into it that gets you to that point and you know, it's cool to hear that story, you know, of, of where you've come from in, in that part of that background. And probably the real estate market at that time when you were involved probably wasn't the best timing. Is that worst timing? Yeah, I was gonna say it sounds like probably the worst timing overall. So, <laughs> but you know, on that note, and I think this is really important, there's an amazing book out there called Anti Fragile. Okay. And that book talks so eloquently about how the most successful people in this world, like if you go back and look at them, the vast majority have gone through significantly difficult times that hardened them, that made right. them stronger, that created them, you know, forged them of steel. And we need to realize that when those moments in our lives happen, like at the time it sucked that I was in the real estate industry and it was the worst real estate bust of all times. Right. But looking back on it, man, I had to get creative. I had to go gorilla. I had to scrap. Awesome. And I use all of those things creating Entrepreneur on Fire. And it ended up being a massive benefit to have gone through that period of life. Sure. And, you know, I guess as so you got out of the Army, you're an officer. What kind of got you, you know, you were sitting in that cubicle. You know, what were you feeling that made you think like, man, I got to just bust out of this cubicle this jail cell that i'm in and get out there and be an entrepreneur this is something that is with inside me and i know it's within so many of the viewers right here today is that you know we have this energy this enthusiasm this passion to unleash somewhere sure but the problem is is that a lot of us find ourselves in these cubicles at these jobs that don't inspire us that don't allow us to really make the most of this you know, just great burning passion within. And that's what I felt like. I kind of felt like a caged animal that, you know, I had all of this excitement and energy to pour into right. a project and an adventure, but I didn't have that right adventure to, to pour it into. So I always was holding back. And because of that, I was mediocre at everything that I did, which is why I sure. ended up failing because I was like, I'm going to be a mediocre lawyer. I'm going to be a mediocre financial advisor. I'm going to be a mediocre real estate guy. Right. And I didn't want to be mediocre, but I was going to be because I was not able to just unleash, you know, this fire within. But, you know, when I had the idea and the aha moment for entrepreneur on fire, that's when I said, man, like <laughs> this is something that I can just completely open myself and commit myself and pour myself into. Sure. And this is what I've been looking for. This is the outlet. And once I plugged into that and focused on that journey, I mean, the sky was the limit. 
I guess, uh, what was the best, you know, advice that you ever received? So I know you had a mentor and everything and, you know, for you, what was that best piece of advice that she gave you or maybe said it was somebody else that helped you become successful in your, you know, with what you do? The best advice that I've ever received is a very simple quote. If you want to be, do. Now, the reality of that quote is very simple. Like, I wanted to be a podcaster, but I never thought I was going to, but I knew that I wasn't going to be a good podcaster when I started. I wasn't right. going to be a good interviewer. I had never done it before. I wasn't going to be a good host. I didn't understand the technical side. And a, a lot of people let, let that stop them from ever starting. But the reality is that if you want to be a podcaster, you have to podcast. Right. If you want to be a writer, you have to write. If you want to be a golfer, you have to play golf. I mean, it's, it's really it's that simple. Like Tiger Woods was not a great golfer when he started. Michael Jordan didn't hit the first free throw yeah. he ever took. I mean, they were bad at that thing, but they practiced and got better. And that was why doing a seven-day-a-week podcast was awesome for me because I was really, really bad when I started. But doing it seven days a week, I got a little bit better every single time by doing that thing. So whatever it is in this world that you want to be, you have to do that very thing. Sure. It's that, it's that whole, that 10,000 hours, you know, you got to keep practicing to get better and, you know, become more successful and everything. And so, um, I guess what one real quick, maybe idea or thought that you could empower our listeners with before we wrap up here, uh, would be awesome. So that thought I want to kind of leave everybody with is a quote from Albert Einstein, which is, try not to become a person of success, but rather become a person of value. And for me, for those six years that I was failing, I was trying to become a person of success. I was chasing fame, fortune, and money, law, finance, real estate, failure, failure, failure. But when I finally flipped it on its head and said, I'm just going to become a person of value, which right. is free, valuable, consistent content, which is my podcast, seven days a week, free valuable and consistent when I flipped it on his head and just focus on providing value first the success followed so I never found success by chasing success but I found success by providing value so follow that great Albert Einstein quote and try not to become a person of success but rather become a person of value the success will follow that's what I've done with entrepreneur on fire and that's why you know I generate seven figures every single year is because sure. of that mentality that's awesome. And that's, you know, that's what I've always lived by is, you know, create value and make that an obsession with what you do. Tell us, you know, who is Dean Graciosi? You know, what got you started as an entrepreneur? Did you start all the way back when you were a kid? Did it happen later in life? Yeah, you know, not everybody has to start from, from crap, right? Like we all have, we all have our own stories. It just seems like a lot of times you meet an entrepreneur and they come from hell, right? right. And, and, but not everybody listening or watching needs to, but I kind of did. I, 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 my, my parents were married five times each. We didn't have money. We were homeless for a while. I lived with my dad in a bathroom for a year wow. of my life when I was probably about 13 years old. And I, and I don't say that to say poor me, just kind of give sure. it a reference point. So I'd love to say it was this magical quest for entrepreneurship. I just didn't like being broke. I didn't like my mom struggling. I didn't like wearing hand-me-downs and getting made fun of because my parents' car was so crappy when they dropped me off from school, right? Right. So in, uh, in seventh grade, I sold bubble gum. I realized that lunch was 75 cents, and every kid in school had 25 cents left in their pocket. Sure. And Hubba Bubba and Bubblicious back then were the two big gums, right? And I could yeah. buy a whole pack for 25 cents, and then I would sell a piece for 25. 
So nice. I'd pay 25 cents, I'd get a buck 25 per pack. So that was probably my first. And then in high school, I used to cut firewood and sell cords of wood. And then I started buying wrecked cars, fixing them up and selling them while I was in high school. And, wow. and I realized if I could do that, I, I, I realized that, you know, maybe I could do that with houses. And I knocked on enough doors to, to do my first house before I was 20 with no money down because someone was nice enough to believe in me. So it was oh, kind wow. of the gift of transparency, the gift of understanding people and sure. learning how to sell myself at a young age because I was desperate. Right. So, so that's how I got started, did deals. And then, you know, I didn't realize the last time when I was 19, 20 years old was a down market. I just happened to be there okay. and I acquired a lot of property in my twenties and then the market turned oh. and I, I was propelled to a millionaire in my twenties. So it was, a, it was a pretty life transforming, sure. you know, stage in my life. But believe me, that didn't come without bumps and hiccups. And, and then when I went from, you know, struggling to changing my life, I'm like, man, I would love to share. I used to watch Tony Robbins. I'm like, God, that guy's changing so many lives. I want to do that shit, man. That's, right. that's me. So I was naive enough to go on TV. I mean, I literally hired a crew. I wrote a course on how people oh, could make money, awesome. hired a crew, came to my house and they got there and I went cotton mouth. I just figured I was going to be able to talk like this and I couldn't say a word. Like I go to say something what? and a cotton ball would blow out of my yeah. mouth. Um, but you know, like all, like everybody watching, you, you've been through tough times in your life. It's the ones who power through, the, one that the ones that focus on where you want to go, not that problem. And the next day, the crew came back, I filmed my show, and that was like 17 years ago. I did my first show and I wow. you know, was on TV ever since and was blessed to sell that course and then figure it out and write my first book and hit the New York Times bestseller list and then have the number one infomercial in the country and, and then we became the largest live event company in the world. So I say all that stuff, but I want everybody to know it's, it's a roller coaster for each of us. It's those that can, it's, it's the quote from Winston Churchill, success, the definition of success is going from failure to failure without losing your enthusiasm. Yeah. So. So I hope I can make everybody enthusiastic to reach your goals today. Cool, awesome. No, I mean you're you know you you're enthusiastic just your personality, and I think that's what you know people are attracted to, and you know feeling that energy coming from you. Yeah. And I think that's what you know why you're you know one of the key points I would think is leads you to your success. What are your key points for high performance that have made you successful? and then allow you to be efficient every day, to be able to uh, have the energy and the stamina, you know, to go day yep. in and day out and really, you know, operate at those high levels that separate you from the rest. It's a great question. One is learn to say no. Everybody listening, you're an entrepreneur, you want more. We got here by saying yes to everything, but sure. we're gonna, you'll go to the next level by saying no. Dan Sullivan, strategic coach, yep. I've been going for years, he's got a great quote, is the, the strategy that got you out of Egypt is not the one that takes you to the promised land. And I always say is the yes got you out of Egypt, no takes you to the promised land. Sure. Look through your list today and decide what you can say no to. Because when you say yes to something, you're automatically saying no to something else. And say yes to those things that live with inside your unique ability that are going to take you the furthest. Secondly right. is I, I make a daily list. I, I write down what I, I mean. As we evolve, we get more efficient in our thinking, but it's still, there's nothing better for me, not, not video, not, not on my laptop, not on my iPhone. I physically write down what I want to accomplish that day and I cross them off as they're done at the end of the night and it gives you, it reminds you that you got a lot of stuff done. You know, and, and physically, like, you know, I, I don't know where you are physically, but the five o'clock this morning, I was running the yeah. mountain behind my house. I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but when I don't, I'm not as clear. There's not enough, much oxygen in my brain. I feel bad about myself. <laughs> I eat clean. When I eat clean and work out, it gives me cl clarity and vision to start the day. For sure. and, and last, and I'll repeat what I said. It, it, one of the things that's taken me to a whole nother level in the last five years is being the observer of my thoughts and uh, throwing away the ones that don't serve me. 
And lastly is be careful who you surround yourself with. These are all things that you already know. I'm reminding you, but you know, the people you surround yourself with can dictate your future. So just, just be careful. Yeah, no, definitely. What was the best advice that you've ever received? Best advice I ever received. Um, my buddy, Tony Robbins, I, he's, he became one of my best friends. I love the guy. Um, this sounds really simple, but it, I was trying to decide between two schools for my kids. Sure. I have a six and an eight year old. One is the most expensive school in the area, almost impossible to get in. And I got them both accepted, you know, $35,000 a year for kindergarten kind of stuff. Right. <laughs> and then this small little Christian school, but it had this warm feeling to it, but it didn't look like UCLA, like this school. Looked. Right. And I was going, I know it sounds crazy and I feel blessed to have those options. Maybe it sounds like rich people problems. Right. But I was going back and forth. I want, I, I worked my ass off. I went to the, you know, I, I struggled. I barely got out of school, lived in poverty. I want to give them the best education. Sure. Right. And but this other school and I called Tony really quick and he just got on the phone. And he said, brother, all I know is when I go with my heart, I'm always right. What's your heart say? I said the small school. He goes, oh, you're done. That was the conversation. I went to the other school seconds. and I realized my, my head was the one getting in the way. Sure. So the best advice I can give you is your heart's usually right. Um, stop letting your head doubt you and create self-doubt and create that inner resistance. That's always your thoughts. Nice. Awesome. That's no, that's that's great. I am Josh Felber. You were watching Making Bank. Get out and be extraordinary. Thank you for listening to Making Bank. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. And sharing is caring. Follow Josh Felber on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for more. You can also listen to Making Bank on Amazon Alexa, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and watch on Apple TV, Success Thinkers Network, Amazon Fire, and YouTube.